from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We do have five on it. It's breaking. I like this. The breaking news is the commander's approval is in, meaning the new ownership approval is in. And not only is it in, it is unanimous. Wow. There you go. Well, who who is going to be the owner that didn't vote for it? Well, if it was anonymous, I, you know, there's – I feel like there's always the one. Right? There there were a couple MVP years where, where it's like – one voter didn't put Griffey or whatever it was into into the MVP. Mark Jackson with Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Yep. Or uh, was it was it Jeter that had one that said he shouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame? There was somebody that that had. I know a, Ricky Henderson. Yeah. Didn't have. There, it. There's, yeah. there's usually one. Uh, the Washington Commanders. This is the, literally the first line of the ESPN.com article. The Washington Commanders no longer belong to Dan Snyder. That is. First sentence and first paragraph, by the way. They just they just gave you a paragraph break after that one. And if you're a Commanders fan, that's all you need to know. Don't you don't read, need anything don't else. You don't need anything else. It's only like, oh, the Commanders no longer belong to Dan Snyder? Done. Moving forward with the rest of my life in peace. NFL owners unanimously voted during a special, special session earlier today to approve the team's sale from the Snyder family to a group led by Josh Harris. The league source told ESPN's Adam Schefter. $6.05 billion. Billion dollars. I feel like that has to be said like Dr. Evil with a pinky uh, up to the side of your mouth. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted this out. I just think it kind of encapsulates the feelings of of, uh, of Commanders fans. In Dan Snyder's 24 seasons as owner, Washington had six playoff appearances, two playoff wins, no NFC championship game appearances, 10 different head coaches, 27 different starting quarterbacks, and a 42.7 winning percentage, which ranked 27th in the NFL. Do you know what I think is probably the the two favorite words of Commanders fans everywhere in that segment? What? Had and ranked. Hmm. Because they're past tense. That says that the Dan Snyder era is over. Right? In yeah. the 24 seasons as owner, that doesn't say 24 seasons and counting. That doesn't say he has had six playoff. It's he had six playoff appearances. It's over. The nightmare is is over. Now Josh Harris. Granted, it is a low bar to jump over. Let's not act like the the. You know, he has to be better than Dan Snyder. Not it's not again low bar to jump over, but he has to. That new ownership group has to find a way to be better than what Dan Snyder was putting out there, but I can't imagine it can be much worse. Also, the NFL just sent out, literally I just got this email a matter of two minutes ago, the the findings into the investigation uh, commanders regarding uh, former U.S. Attorney and SEC Chair Mary Jo White and her colleagues uh, into allegations of misconduct and financial improprieties. Okay, wait a second. By, yeah. Wait a second. I, I know where you're going, and I want to hear the rest of that email. Yeah. But anyway, that just dropped. That timing is as it, soon as they can't punish Dan Snyder, they're going to release all the things that they would have had to punish Dan Snyder for. That feels intentional and icky. Uh, it says Mr. Snyder will pay $60 million to the league in resolution 
of okay, Miss White's Okay, never files. mind. I, so, yeah. I, I take it back. $60 million is real. Granted, $6.05 billion. $60 million isn't as real. Right, if you, if you just got a check for $6.05 billion, and then you have to give 60 I mean, that's like tipping the dealer. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's like uh, you, you win 10 grand at the blackjack table, and you throw a couple hundred bucks at the dealer. It's like you, it doesn't feel like you're giving them a couple hundred bucks, right? It feels like you're still winning $9,800. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that he's going to have – if, you know, the findings – and, I, again, you, you just brought up the email. I haven't read it yet. If the findings – found or if the, the investigation found that he was responsible for that he is is part of whatever the the issues were i hope there you know there's a way that they can hold him responsible because i don't i don't like people getting away scot-free for those sorts of things but uh but 60 million at least shows they're they're willing to try that just came out that i mean that can't be a coincidence i don't like I, I, something feels fishy there but I'll read the email. I'll withhold judgment as much as I can. But something something feels a bit askew. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! This one's a bit uh, a bit of a bittersweet, right? It's it's the sweet part we'll start with it, right? The sweet part is ECU Sports Network. That's East Carolina Sports Network. Is excited to announce the new director of broadcasting, the next voice of the Pirates. Chris Edwards. That's 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 nice. Chris, Chris Edwards Chris is awesome. Uh, Chris, also an ECU alum. Mm-hmm. I, I love when that sort of thing happens where, you know, I, I kind of make fun of Michigan because they, like, only hire Michigan men to be their, their yeah. positions of power in the athletic department. But there is something cool about going to your alma mater and being able to, you know – Nobody is going to love up your team like like one of your own will. And when it's a like the voice of, there's less like, you know, you get to be the hometown voice. It's not as much objection. You don't have to be as objective. You don't have to be as non-biased. You can, you know, say we and, and those sorts of things. Chris from right here in the Triangle went to Garner High School. Been mm-hmm. a long time play-by-play voice for Duke women's basketball and Duke baseball. And volleyball and, and soccer. He's, and, he's done and, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Uh, I've actually been fortunate to call a game with him. Mm. Um, I did color commentary at ECU uh, with him for a women's lacrosse uh, game uh, a couple years ago. So I was fortunate to work with him. He's done ACC play-by-play for us here at the Fan back at the ACC tournament back in March in Greensboro. So, yeah, you've heard the name Chris Edwards. You've heard his voice. I'm super pumped. Uh, Chris is a great guy, and he's an even better broadcaster. And and so that that's the, the sweet part. The bitter part is the reason why the opening is there mm-hmm. uh, is because the previous voice of ECU, Jeff Charles, passed away back in February uh, at the age of 70. He had been the voice of ECU, I believe, for 35 little over years. Yeah. Um, which is wildly impressive in and of itself, um, and and he is actually going into the the Hall of Fame for EC or the Ring of Honor for for ECU. Yeah, being, ECU Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's being being honored by ECU. So it's it's you know the the obviously the tragic passing and, and support to all of the, the those that were affected by and his family, but uh, getting a little bit of a. a, a Acknowledgement of his importance to ECU and, and his career is, is is a nice nice thing. And then Chris Edwards steps in and, and he will do a great job there. Uh, so so looking forward to what he's able to do at ECU. And heck, maybe it's thirty five years of Chris Edwards now. Hey, 
Congra- I would I would love to see it. Yeah. Congrats, Chris. Congrats, Chris. Well, that that's that's how we'll leave that one. Let's move on to number three. It's the starting five here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly on 99.9 The Fan, presented by Window Nation. Number three is Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's not playing around. We've we've, We've referenced a few times this week the battle, and I'm talking about like, you know the, the, the beginning of, ready for this, this is, Occasionally, you're going to get some movie references from me. This on. one this one is a specific one. Okay. The beginning of the second Mighty Ducks. Yes, go on. Where they have to, they have to like, assemble the old crew. Uh-huh. And they're going around on the uh, the rollerblades going, mm-hmm. like, come on, Charlie. Let's go, Goldberg. Come on, Averman. And they're all then skating around together. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, the running backs are, are in that portion of the movie. Okay. Where, where... Like, Saquon Barkley is skating around going like, come on, Josh Jacobs. Let's go, Jonathan Taylor. We all have to bind together and go, I don't know, take down Iceland, I think they're fighting in the, the, the Eventually in the they play one. Iceland, yeah. Uh, it's like the running backs are uniting. They're having, like, the montage where you assemble the the, the running back Avengers at the beginning of the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, now you're, now you're speaking more about language. Gearing up for a battle against kind of football as a sport. Yeah. They are upset that running backs are, are not being valued the way they should monetarily. That's the Gunner Stall of this whole thing. Exactly. I guess Gunner Stall would be Goodell. Maybe. Or the owners. Just to just to keep rolling with it. Yeah. Uh or he'd be the the uh the dentist, the, the coach with the slick back hair. All right, we're we're way too <laughs> way too deep into the second if this were the first Mighty Ducks, I would let it go. But the second one we're in too deep. We we gotta we gotta cut it off. Um Saquon sounds like now this could just be again he's not under oath at, at the microphone but sounds like he is seriously considering sitting out like serious amounts of games and and really sticking it to the giants for not working with him on getting a long-term deal that he finds acceptable done uh here's saquon in his own words because that's this is my leverage my leverage is i can say to the giants i can say to my teammates and be like you want me to show you my words you want to show you how much how valuable i am to the team i won't show up i right. won't play it down and that's a that's a that's a that's a play I can use. Do I? Anybody knows me, knows that's not something I want to do. But like it's something that has it something that crossed my mind. It's like I has never to. I never thought I would ever do that. But like now I'm at a point where it's like, Jesus, like I I might have to take it to this level. That sounds like he's like you pushed me. I didn't want to do it. You made me. That. Again, maybe he's just a good actor. Maybe Saquon will be the next, like, uh, Jim Brown, who goes from running back to being in a whole bunch of Hollywood movies, and he's just a really good actor. But I, I'm i surprised it's gotten this far. And I'm going to throw this out there. There's really no benefit to that in his negotiations. The Giants can't give him a long-term deal until next offseason. Yeah. Once the, the deadline has passed... You set out two games, they can't cave, right? The the With the franchise tag, it's more complicated. I feel like we, we always lean on, um, and, and some of you may remember this, uh, Emmett Smith missed a couple of games during one. I think it was even one of the Cowboys' uh, Super Bowl years. They were third Super Bowl, yeah. I think. So, so he knew how valuable he was, but his thing was he was a true free agent. There was no franchise tag. He was 
He wanted a new, like, he was negotiating the new deal and it wasn't getting done. So he just sat out a couple games. And I want to say they started like 0 2, which just played into his leverage perfectly because then he's like, I'm here. They ended up paying a bunch of money. He comes back. They, they win the Super Bowl. He goes on to become the all time leading rusher. And it's just, it builds and builds and builds. And I do think Saquon might have that type of impact, meaning if he sits out two games, I would not be surprised if the Giants start 0 2. He's that important to their offense. He's that important to making Daniel Jones uh, successful. He's that important to making Daniel Jones effective at the quarterback spot. So if if Saquon sits out two games, I would not be surprised if the Giants look like they are much, much worse than a season ago. Mm -hmm. The problem is the Cowboys back in the day could then go, oh, geez, here is really important. Let me cut him a big fat check and get him back on the field. They did that, and they won the Super Bowl. The Giants can't. There's no like, there's there's no mechanism for them to go. Wow, we were wrong. I guess we should have paid Saquon. Here you go. Like there is no here you go. This is just personal now. This is Saquon saying I could tell them bleep them. Probably because he feels like they just told him bleep you. It's it's now. Saquon versus the Giants as antagonists, right? They are enemies in this situation, which is not what you want between you and your best players. And I'd throw this out there also. He might be saying, I'm going to protect the wear and tear on my body, right? If you're going to tell me that you won't pay me into my late 20s because running backs break down because they take hits and they get injured and their knees and they're this and they're that, then I'm just not going to risk it. I'm going to save that wear and tear off my body, which, I mean, there's a little bit of logic there, but there's still $10.09 million to go make by playing this year. I'm fascinated, fascinated to see where this running back situation goes. And I and I wonder if there can't be, you know, Josh Jacobs and Saquon and who else, whoever wants to jump on board can all say we're not playing until we get long-term deals or until we get the average running back salary back back up. We want to be making as much as receivers. There are, quickly here, a lot of uh, off-the-wall or outside-the-box ideas to solve this problem. What about this? Ready? Uh, running backs don't go in the draft I've seen, meaning that they hmm. are free agents straight out of college. That way, the most valuable years of their career, the first five, they can get paid market value. Uh, what about this? Franchise tag for running backs becomes offensive weapon, and it's receiver and running back. Same value on the franchise tag. And the argument was that uh, off-ball middle linebackers are saved value because they just get tagged as linebackers, and outside linebackers get paid so much more, which means the tag for linebackers is higher, and that's kind of a beginning negotiation point. I've also seen just do away with uh, franchise tags for running backs. Huh. There's a lot of different ways to kind of attack this, but none of that change is happening until the next CBA, and that's very far into the future. So in the meantime, I guess Saquon could just stop playing football. It's an option. It is an option. Won't get paid. True. Any other sport? I think he could, like, golf or something. In the meantime, could he go Jordan and just go take a year and a half and try to play another sport, see if he's good enough? Maybe. He's fast. He's not track fast. We could we could talk about it. We, we'll figure out what Saquon. We can find something to do. Put a little cross stick in his hands. Power, we'll ooh, that's not bad. 
He probably could. Yeah. Powerlifting also. All right, it's the drive with Tim Donnelly on 99.9 The Fan. This is the op- uh, sorry, this is the starting five, uh, presented by Window Nation. Number two is a doozy. Just the two of us. We have a statement from ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips. Ah, gotta love a good statement. He had to do something, or else the ACC kickoff, the football kickoff, was gonna actually should be renamed the ACC. Everybody asks Jim Phillips all about the situation at Northwestern week. So the statement says, and for, I'll give you a quick background here. Uh, Jim Phillips is the ACC commissioner, right? He's the the lead decision maker for the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, he also previously was the athletic director at Northwestern for a long time, and Northwestern is is embroiled in the the scandal, the allegations coming from former players involving hazing uh, that have spread from. It seemed like at first it was one player on the football team. Now there's. 15 former athletes, there's uh, volleyball players, softball players, baseball players, football players. So there's kind of this culture, allegedly, of, of hazing and, and some, some very, very disgusting things are in these allegations. And uh, Jim Phillips has been named as the, and a defendant in at least one lawsuit involving these situations. Jim Phillips statement, I will read it for you right here. And this comes from Brian Murphy. Uh, our, our friend and sports reporter over at WRAL. From Jim Phillips, the statement. This has been a difficult time for the Northwestern University community, a place that my entire family called home. Over my 30-year 30, 30 career in intercollegiate athletics, my highest priority has always been the health and safety of all student-athletes. Hazing is completely unacceptable anywhere, and my heart goes out to anyone who carries the burden of having been mistreated. Any allegation that I ever condoned or tolerated inappropriate conduct conduct against student-athletes is absolutely false. I will vigorously defend myself against any suggestion to the contrary. End of statement from Jim Phillips, ACC Commissioner, former Northwestern Athletic Director. What stood out to you about that, that Dennis? I know it stood out to me, but I want to I see if we're on the, the same page here. The whole, I'm not going to lie, the, the health and well-being of student-athletes, <laughs> let's right. be real, you're there to make sure everyone's pockets are lined. Okay. Um, that, I mean, that's a good point. I agree with you. But uh, the part that stood out to me, and, and let me see if, if I can uh, explain this, how, how it popped in my head. I will vigorously defend myself against any suggestion to the contrary. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes against what we were expecting him to do. We were expecting him to add ACC football kickoff and, and at least for the immediate future, hit us with the, I'm going to wait for the legal process to play out, right? I can't talk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I will, any allegation that I've ever condoned or tolerated inappropriate conduct against student athletes is absolutely false. I will vigorously defend myself against any suggestion to the contrary tells me he's like ready to scrap. Yeah. Right. That that tells me it's like the best defense is good offense. That's a good point. I'm getting ahead of this, and and that's not traditionally how we see people in these situations handle it. They usually keep things close to the vest. They usually, um, you know, allow for the the evidence to show and all those sorts of things. So maybe he he. I'll go with I'll, I'll go with it like this. Maybe he is uh, trying to do away with this quickly. 
right? Because I, I know that it's going to be a part of his brain. I know it's going to be on his mind. I know that, especially since he's vigorously defending himself against any suggestion to the contrary, that there's going to be some defense that he has to do. And and in the business of everything moving forward in college sports being kind of topsy-turvy right now, it's in his best interest to like open the book, shut the book, and move on. And it sounds like he's not looking to just shut the book. He's looking to slam the book. It goes, like I said, it goes against what we were kind of expecting. So we'll see uh, if he does attack it that vigorously. And, and we'll track it as it goes on. And obviously, we'll continue to, to monitor WRALsportsfan.com uh, and, and the work of Brian Murphy and, and everyone else on the investigative side of, uh, of our, our department there. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Uh, and finally, number one. The Senate is getting involved in name, image, and likeness. Hey, let's everybody. Who has an opinion? Let's get everybody involved. Ah, come on, you got an opinion? Join us. The Senate is getting involved in name, image, and likeness uh, rules and oversights and 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 infractions and punishments and. There's a bipartisan bill. Three senators have put it together. It, it, it puts together another committee that will, if the bill, it's a proposed bill at the moment, if it gets accepted and passed, which there's a lot of hurdles to get before we, before we even re really sniff that. It would put together a committee to overlook. <laughs> I mean, this committee will appoint another committee to, and they will be the uh, committee appointing committee that will assign another committee to eventually there's a lot of i don't know seemingly unnecessary steps here yeah. um so they put together a committee that will overlook name image and likeness and and set the rules and then enforce the rules in, in NCAA and college sports the part that rubbed me the wrong way about the proposed bill is it put in a whole bunch of of seemingly training wheels for for like making money for college athletes right it's it's kind of this this is what it felt like to me. The senators put together a big old bill that has a few things that are very nice, right? You, you, the, the, uh, a, tr a fund that can help with with athletes' medical bills, so they won't have to to you know foot the bill themselves. Great, um, some some educational things, fantastic. And then it's like, oh, by the way, if you're an athlete and you make any money, you have to read financial literacy for dummies ten times. That's kind of what it, like you have to learn about debits and credits and you have to learn about liabilities and assets before you're allowed to, to, to you know, accept any of this name, image, and likeness money. And it rubs me the wrong way because you don't do that for any other subsect of college students in, in, in universities anywhere. Like, why are athletes so vulnerable and so naive in your mind that you have to put in all of these mandatory, hey, we have to teach you how to not get... Uh, swindled out of all of your cash guardrails. Now, if an athlete wants to learn, right, if they want to learn how to properly invest, if they want to learn how to make sure they're being, uh, you know, diligent with their taxes, then yes, teach them all they want to learn. Let them be a sponge. 
But until you're going to look at anyone on the college campuses that make any kind of money, and I'm talking about part-time jobs, full-time jobs, I'm talking about uh, uh, musicians, app developers, right? The creators of this giant social media, that giant social media. Until you're going to look at everyone on a college campus and say, you are not to be trusted with your own money, I don't know why you would look at athletes and say that. And coming from the senator, coming from the Senate, coming from senators, it's like, how, how vulnerable and naive do you think us athletes are? I was a college athlete at one point in time. I think I was more than capable of like putting a little money away for taxes if I were allowed to make any, which I really wasn't because it was pre-NIL. I think I could have gotten through there without ending up in jail. I had a job on campus and all that kind of stuff. I was an athlete too. There you go. I mean, there's a, a lot, like summer jobs and everything. Everybody had them. You know what I did freshman year? I went to a local bank, Wachovia at the time, and opened up a bank account there so I could go. deposit my checks. No, athletes need someone to hold their hand as they cross the street on the way to the bank well, on campus. That's what I was told. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't like athletes. I don't like the assumption that athletes are inherently not smarter than everyone else on campus. It, I don't know if you can tell, but it kind of grinds my gears a bit. I'm okay if, if schools do provide those services for athletes. I think it's good because, again, if these players are making money, it's good that the education resources are available. Maybe even make it where it's college credit. Fine. You know, like, again, I, I don't mind them providing yeah. it. I mind them making it a requirement sure. that I'm is on that. different than everyone else in the population. If everyone on the campus had to take the class, I'm, I'm good with it. Then yeah. then require athletes too, and I'm, I'm good. It's just when you single them out as like, oh, you need more education, it, it sounds like, oh, you are dumber. You are more naive. And I don't like that. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com we are now welcoming on the heaster automotive group hotline riley leonard duke's starting quarterback riley thank you for uh, for taking the time i was just telling uh, the listeners about Absolutely. i was just telling the listeners about some of your your basketball exploits that are i mean the highlights are pretty darn impressive from your, your high school days uh being being at duke on duke's campus have you gotten to play any pickup with the basketball team <laughs> I haven't. I can't jump like I used to be able to, but I've been able to uh, sneak into Cameron a couple of times with those guys. Uh, you know, they humbled me pretty quickly. I couldn't play at the college level, but, you know, it's definitely fun to get out there with those those guys. Um, you know, the, the the articles are pretty praising your, your your basketball prowess from from back in the day. I don't, I don't know if I believe that you don't have the, the bounce you used to because uh, we've seen some of the explosiveness on, on the football field. Um Looking at that from from the outside, and, and we talked about this earlier this week on the show, 
it seems like there's a lot of hype in it, and it's kind of getting carried away with some of the other quarterbacks in the ACC when it comes to the preseason rankings and the lists and everything. Does that bother you at all when, when maybe your name isn't brought up as often as, as the stats and the production says it should? No, I mean, I don't, I don't really spend too much time thinking about that. You know, I, why worry about something you can't really control, right? So you know, I'm just going to go out there and play the best football I can play. Um, and, and those guys who are getting that, that attention, I mean, I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm not going to root against anybody. I know that's like the politically correct answer or whatever you may think of it, but, you know, why spend time worrying about somebody else when all you can control is yourself? Uh, you, know, you know, you know, good for those guys. They're good players. So, so at, at no point in time, like, you know, when you're, I don't know, nine sprints into 10 gassers and, and, and you don't, you don't think about it at all to get that, that extra, extra little bit of a burst. <laughs> You're trying to trick me here. I'm not going to say I, I never think about it. There are times, um, there are times where I can use it as a little motivation, but you know, it's never out of spite to any other player by any means. Riley Leonard, Duke starting quarterback, connecting with us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, Riley, what's the biggest difference between last season when Coach Elko was was uh, establishing himself and the and the cultures he wanted in your program, and now going into the second season where where he has. Uh, you know, players like yourself and, and, and other veterans that can, uh, you know, get the thing rolling maybe without so much oversight. Yeah, so the biggest difference, and he talks a lot about it, it's, it's what to do versus how to do it. Um, last year, we were just trying to figure out what do we do? What do we do in this situation? What do we do in this place called, you know, me as me personally, what do I do whenever they bring this blitz? This year, it's how do we do it? How, how can I step up to the line of scrimmage, know exactly what to do? Um, how can I communicate better with the – um, offensive line. How can I make sure uh, Jalen Calhoun's running, you know, six-step out route instead of a five-step out route? Um, these certain, you know, these little details are something that we've really tried to um, embrace this off-season. Um, you know, obviously we know what we're doing now. It's, it's how do you perfect it? The, that's even more interesting when I look at your your returning pass catchers, right? It seems like every single one of them are back on campus this year. You brought up Calhoun, uh, Moore, right? Some sixty catch guys. Uh, what's the next step for the passing game? Is it like when you talk about perfecting it, is it uh, more sight adjustments? Is it more adjustments at the line? What's the next step to get that passing game to the next level with so many of you so familiar with each other? Yeah, I think the best thing um, for a quarterback and, and their receivers to do is to watch film together and for them to see film through the eyes of a quarterback and to know exactly what I'm thinking on each play. So every single practice, you know, we get all the guys in the, in the wide receiver room and we watch practice together. And I walk through, hey, here's my progression. You can take a little bit more time on the backside. Or if you're first in my progression, hey, I need you to hurry up. You know, we, we, we can't make this a square cutout. We need to make this a speed cutout. I'm constantly talking to them so they know how I think. Um, that way we can, I can deliver them the ball. And then same with them. You know, if they see one thing, it's, it's, it's very important for a quarterback not to try to take over, you know, the offense and uh, be too authoritative, I'm constantly asking, hey, what'd you see? How can I help you? Uh, it's, it's just trying to help each other out. That's what gets you, know, that's what gets you to the next step. Are, are you growing in your responsibilities when it comes to the, the, the coaching staff? Maybe a little bit more, you know, I played college football, and the, the dream is to be Peyton Manning out there, right, where you see something and you can take advantage of it right away with hand signals and, and, and audibles. Do you have a little bit more freedom to do that sort of thing? Absolutely. Coach John tells me all the time, I have the keys to the car. Um, it, when I go out on the field on offense, no matter what check I make, 
he's going to say, hey, good job. And if I make the wrong one, I say, good job, you know, good try. Let's let's see how we can make it better the next time. So I have, you know, full control of every decision that I have um, every time I step out on the field. We're talking with Riley Leonard. He's Duke's starting quarterback, junior, coming off a 33 total touchdown, six interception season a season ago, getting ready to follow that up this year. Uh, Riley, you, you ran for a bunch of yards last year, 13 touchdowns, second most amongst FBS quarterbacks, but you also took took quite a few hits in the process. Sometimes, right, the, the contact started on the four-yard line and you were able to drive it into the, 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 the end zone. Has there been any discussion this offseason about protecting yourself, maybe more sliding, getting out of bounds? You know, you, you said you don't have the same bounce you used to on the basketball court. Is that because the body's getting a little uh, little beat up? <laughs> no, but I, I feel great. Um, you know, I play the game a little bit differently. I'm a competitor. And, you know, although Coach Elko, you know, every time I get hit, yells at me, he understands <laughs> that, you know, I'm going to put my body on the line for the win. Uh, he, he he gets the way I play. and He, he knows my mindset. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there are some instances where I can slide and I will slide this year. Hopefully I say that now, but in the game, who knows what I'm going to do. Um, but, yeah, uh, my, my body feels great. And uh, hopefully, you know, this year I don't think I'll have to take off a run at all. I mean, we have a great offensive line that's coming back, a lot of veterans and a lot of new guys that are stepping up. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, give us some of those new guys. What names should we be looking for when, when Duke takes the field this season? Yeah, Justin Pickett and Brian Parker are two guys that have had a great offseason. we got – Jay Corney Brooks, who's a transfer from Stanford, um, and then, you know, some new true freshman guys that have came, come into the program. And um, you may not see them this year, but, you know, towards the end of the season, they can make some big strides and, uh, you know, get out there and, you know, lock their tails off for me. Riley, we appreciate you taking the time. Last question for you before before we get you out of here. I know you're on a time crunch. Uh, you know, I, I will for forever and ever say the person that knows – how good a defense is is actually that team's starting quarterback from facing them in practice as, as often as they do. Uh, what's the scouting report as far as like how ready your defense is to to get after it once the season starts? Yeah, I love having a great defense because every day that, when I step out of practice, I see so many different looks. Obviously, Coach Elko is a defensive-minded guy, so he, he throws a lot of stuff at me. <laughs> um, we got you know the majority of the D-line coming back. Our linebacker crew is um, starting to become – uh, you know, pretty depth. And then obviously our secondary are guys that are going to fly around. Uh, Brandon Johnson being one that's, that's going to, you know, kill you in the run game and the pass game. So I'm excited to get get out there and uh, fall camp and play against those guys. Riley, we appreciate you for stopping by. We'll check up with you again next week at, uh, at the ACC football kickoff. Sounds good. God bless. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. 